everyone and welcome to this week's special episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, our 100th. Uh, when we started doing this two and a bit years ago, I don't know if we even thought we'd get this far, but well, we have. As always, uh, thank you to our sponsors, Workforce Dimensions Limited. And those of you that have listened for a while now will be pleased to know that I've gone back to basics this week. I'm sat in my car with my laptop while on the phone. I am literally living the dream. You should know by now that I am John Phipps and my co-host is Matt Gerrard. But even on our special day, I'm sticking with the same formula that's got us here. So on the line now is a man who tried to wish me Merry Christmas last night. It's Mr. Matthew Gerrard. Merry Christmas, John, yes. Uh, now that the uh, Christmas trees are up, uh, we were recording this on a Tuesday, which is a shame because I booked the fly over the office on a Wednesday with the sort of flume of smoke going out saying, well done for 100 episodes. So I'll have to cancel that now, won't I? Yeah, we want to get a special offer. Yeah, well, special offer, not very busy this time of year, so they thought they could do it for us. So Manston's shutting down, so they do anything for a bit of money around here. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, so back to basics. Uh, I'm on my way to a, a gig uh, tonight, Tuesday, uh, and I am currently in a place which I believe is called Ancaster. Uh, any ideas where that is, mate? Northamptonshire? No, I'm in Link- I'm, I think I'm just in Lincolnshire. Uh, my, yeah. I'm on my way to Lincoln to see my friend, and... Um, uh, my sat nav, uh, I thought it'd just take me up the A1 to Newark and then t- take me off, but no. So I had to send me off down this B road. I was looking desperately for a lay-by for ages and ages and ages. Didn't find one. Uh, so in the end, we ended up going for the... Uh, uh, oh, I found a bit of a town. That will do. I'm currently parked behind someone's uh, Renault Scenic outside number 73. And uh, number 71 is called The Old Pub. So if you're ever in uh, Ancaster... Uh, I really don't recommend it because literally all I'm doing is sat on a main road recording a podcast. People are looking at you weirdly. What are you doing with? His, what's he doing on his laptop on his phone? No, no, there's no one here. It's it literally um, there, there's no one here. So no, no one's no. What league are Ancaster in? Have they got? They've got a team. I've got no idea. Thirty-five thousand all-season stadiums. Been yeah, probably. Yeah, there's probably one in the background. They're uh, missing a, a massive stadium. Uh, in Ancaster, uh, but yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's my life today. So that's how uh, how I've ended up uh, being in the middle. I also stayed in a, in a hotel at a service station last night. Now that, my friends, is what life is all about. Was there many people loitering? Uh, well, I literally went in went in there. There was a few people sat in the bar, and then I just went went to my room, uh, watched a bit of TV on my laptop, and had a couple of beers. And uh, that uh, was my. You go living the hundredth birthday dream, here, isn't it? I know, yeah. Well, to be fair, it's probably the only hundredth birthday I'm ever going to see. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hundred episodes. That's what? amazing, isn't it? Have you had the telegram from the Queen yet? Because we should have had. No, it. no, no. But, but I'll try. I said on a tweet. I said now, if you listen back, that's like if somebody's. Jason Burns, shout out to Jason, of course, my friend at Day Athletic, he has said he had listened to all 99 episodes. That basically, five days of his life, he's never going to get back. So I do apologise for that, Jason, but fair play, 99, he's listened to all 99. I presume he got better uh, as it's gone along, but yeah. Again, I don't know, Peter Crouch's podcast hasn't got 100 episodes, has it? No, 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 Peter Crouch. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, amazing. We'll talk more about uh, the 100th episode later on in the show because uh, we will actually do some proper football content uh, first. But yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're well chuffed. Um, I'm a celebrity season, Matt. I know you're you're not a fan, but you, you should get into it. It's, it's been quite entertaining so far. No, rubbish. Not watching that. I know I am right and the rest of them, but no, it's 
no, 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 yesterday on the episode that really made me laugh because uh basic premise of the program is they live in a jungle but they each get to take one luxury item right and there was a task Ooh, last question. night where five of them got to got to win all the luxury items for the 10 people right uh they only managed to win two of the luxury items because it was quite a hard challenge um for them but one of the, one of the competitors one of the contestants. Her luxury item, right, of anything she could have picked in the world, right, do you want to know what she chose? Hair straighteners. No, a picture, a photograph of Jane McDonald. Oh, right. Jane McDonald as in the cruising woman. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that was one of the two they won. So it was like we had all these chances to win all these things. There was well, one well, well, as I never watched this programme, could you take in like a... A month's supply of Mickey Gems or something like that. No, there's obviously uh, restrictions on what you can take in and stuff. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I just found it really funny. There was one poor lad, Roman Kemp. He had a picture of his girlfriend and his dog. They didn't win that, but they won the picture of Jane McDonald off the cruise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 all right. yeah, there's a reason I don't watch this rubbish, mate, to be fair. So. <laughs> I, I, even though I like Anton Deck, yeah. Um, yeah, but my kids aren't into it. Eventually, when they get to teenagers, they'll be glued to it, so I'll be forced to watch it. But if it's still going to them, because it's been going for years, this program, hasn't it? I think it's the 19th series, something like that. Well, it'll make me feel old now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you are. Uh, right, so, yeah, I am getting old, yeah. So, uh, so no, apart from that, what else have I been? There's a game for that football. There's a, on Netflix, I know you don't have a program about Maradona. All right. He's coaching some team in the drug capital of Mexico, which is quite interesting. Shows he's completely off his rock and Maradona, but I quite like him. So, apart from that, I've got to mention last week a couple of things. Sol Campbell slapped me on the back when we went to Southend. Dover beat Southend, so respect for that there. And what a quality suit it was. And with another netball tournament, John. All right. You know, you know I love my netball? Yeah. Basically, the form was turned around. This was another eight-team tournament. Yeah. So basically, two groups of four, and the top, yeah, top one, top top one will get through to the final and third and fourth playoff. We only came third in the tournament. Three wins, one draw. We only didn't get win the group because we didn't score many goals. But we've turned it around. There's two more tournaments to go. You know that tournament in May yeah. where we came last because we didn't score any goals. The aim is to win that tournament now. So can you get like a uh, a netball like like the equivalent of like a UEFA A level coaching badge can you get that in netball basically all my was get it in the box and shoot and that seems to work that we, did have, we did have a boy in this time and again not being sexist here, he did a job because he put himself <laughs> around a bit and, that, and, and I liked it and I was sort of you know quick word occasional if it's boy against boy in the centre occasional dig in the ribs and he was up for that so we maybe moved on to Chris Kinnear tactics as in hit it long and put yourself about a bit but it was successful and basically dancing for joy after that tournament because we were thinking we're moving in the right direction after the the lows there but come that tournament in May which I can't wait for I think we got a chance. So, if pushed, would you say that on reflection, the boy was the, your favourite player on the team? Uh, he did a job. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's more again. Yeah, he did a job in the centre. Got injured, got up, sort of thing from that. But they had a couple of good defenders. But to be fair, we were, we were a lot better, and we were playing the attacking game. So yeah. But I, I told him we need you for May, and I said we'll, we'll sign you up. And all he said 
buy me a big bag of Haribo and he'll be there. So I got him right, shook his hand, he's in. So this is Bobby. Bobby, if you're listening, he won't be. He's like, basically, bag of Haribo, he said he'll turn up in May. So hopefully he will. And Bobby, if you're listening, just in case you're not aware, Matt Jarrah prefers you to his own daughter. <laughs> well, he made a difference, but she did a diff- she did a good job. She found the back of the net as well, but he made a big difference, Bobby, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, as we're doing this on Tuesday, what are you going to do with your Wednesday lunchtime? <laughs> Probably doing some of it sad prep for Solihull Moors and Maidenhead. And, of course, we'll find out by Wednesday morning who David will play in the next round of the FA Cup. So, uh, Busman's Holiday, doing my spreadsheets job, which, you know, compared to this, is my other favourite job. Well, exactly. Right, well, as we've mentioned a couple of times, it is our 100th episode this week. There's the TV series, uh, which I've never watched. Which... Uh, the 100? Uh, uh, I've heard of that. Did I watch the 100? It's still on now. What so... was it about? What um, was it about? Sci-fi, post-apocalyptic world. It had uh, a fit girl who used to be neighbours in it. No, I haven't watched that one then. Mm. I think the program something with 100 I've watched. Mm, I don't know. Uh, there's the club in London, which which I've never visited, and uh, it's a major achievement for a batsman in cricket, which which, which I've never achieved. Um, I don't think I've ever clocked up a century of anything. Well, apart from annoying uh, my long-suffering other half that many times uh, in a day. Uh, I, reckon I, I reckon when I was playing football manager back in the day, I must have scored 100 goal league goals. Oh yeah, pro- I've, yeah, I've probably done that actually. That's but no, 100, yeah, 100. No, I haven't done. But do you know anybody who's lived to 100? By the way. No. No, I don't know either way. Right. No. No, do, you do you reckon in 50 years, everybody, well, not everybody, <laughs> that a lot of people will be living to 100? Because they're going in office at 21 today. Probably so, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't so, it's a good chance you might make, reach 100, mightn't it, in 50, well, in 79 years. Not with, That's right. not with my physical condition, mate. Um, but I, I'm sure I've met a couple of old buggers who've reached 100 because they've, like, because when I was working as a, a newspaper journalist, he was like, oh, yeah. Go and tell, take a picture of Edna. She's 100. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Um, and then you try and interview them and they can't barely put a sentence together and it's like, brilliant. <laughs> so, um, Not all old people are like that, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be living to 100, probably working to 100, <laughs> the way the country's going as well at that point. So, no, I don't know. Well, it'd be great to get to 100, wouldn't it? Great. I've never done it on the cricket field. 100, yeah. From the, but I got, does it, again, you said about the telegram for the Queen. I think these days... It's changed. You actually need to contact the Queen that you'll become an hundred. Then she sends it because they don't do anything off their own back these days. That's lazy, but, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What's the if you if you're a century? Is it set? What is it? Centenary. You know is? is that centenary? You know, that's yeah. probably is. Yeah, yeah. Under how many people in the UK? Google that. How many people are over a hundred in the UK? Well, I'll waffle on for a little bit more. I, can't, I, I haven't got any internet access at the moment because I'm sat in a car in the middle of a place in the middle of nowhere, mate. So, uh, anyway, we're going to leave the self indulgence we've got lined up towards the end of the show. So, let's crack on with the football. Uh, and I suppose, as it is our 100th episode, it makes sense to start with a team whose result of the weekend can spell that number out. Uh, this season, we've had scaffold teams on who've scored eight and nine, but Sheffield United went one better on Saturday and stuck 10 unanswered goals plus Greenwich Borough away from home as well. If that doesn't get you on this show, then what will? Matt spoke to Sheppy boss Ernie Button. 10 0 away win? I, I, I know, in, in your career you've had, have you had many of them before? No, I can't, I can't remember one there. Uh, it's, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it sometimes happens in football, and uh, I think, you know, we've been doing well in previous weeks going forward. 
and it was basically what you think what you'd call the perfect storm going forward. We everybody was firing on all cylinders. Um, we were very very quick going forward, and um, Greenwich came at us. And as they came at us, we you know we broke down their attacks on the edge of the box and uh, and and got forward in numbers quickly and. So the rest history, really. Yeah, I think I think it's thirty-seven goals in your last seven games. So, you know, we know the Skeffer was a league full of goals, but that's a, a fantastic achievement. And what do you put it down to? Is it players taking their chances? Well, I, I, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, we've been working hard as a team since the start of the season. We've put a new squad together, um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to click. Um, we've got a lot of forward players in the side as well, of course, and. Um, you know, that goes with risk. We, we've conceded goals and we need to, you know, I, I think for us to be serious title contenders or promotion candidates, we, we need to do, um, you know, we need to keep improving at the other end of the pitch. And um, But the forward players certainly take care of itself. Yeah, you know, I think there's been a bit in the media recently when people, teams were, you know, you were 8-0 up at half-time. What do you say to the players at half-time? You, you want another eight or did you tell them to, let you know, ease off the pressure a little bit? Pointed out that the hard work we've done, players have been very committed this season, and um, we've been training twice a week, uh, and, and it's starting to show. We've been working very hard. Training sessions have been for two hours plus, um, and they got there. We had a game against Tombridge Angels on Tuesday evening, which in, uh, which they, they they fielded their first eleven, uh, and we drew two all, and we, we put a great performance. And in actual fact, I think we played better on Tuesday than we did on Saturday. <laughs> as, mad, as mad as that sounds. Um, and I said to them, and then we came in on Thursday and we had to train on our, on our second pitch, which was, which was ankle deep with mud, like the old days. Uh, and the lads put in a good session. I said to them that that, that game was won in, in the week, you know, coming in on Thursday, leaving work at five o'clock, getting to the Sheffy, putting in a training session and, you know, in, 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 in them conditions, uh, and then taking it in the Saturday. It's a good mindset to have. And I think we earned the right to go and do that on Saturday. No, do you um, you know look at the division? It's you know Beckham are running away with it a little bit, but you've still got games in hand. You know your points behind them. What, what's it? You still think it's quite a tight division? We speak to other managers, and they think you know, it, this is it's not all over yet. There's a lot of sides you can catch Beckham. I, I think it's still early days. I, I, looking at it, I mean we've played 14 games, so we've we've got 24 games to go. There's only basically a, just over a third of the season gone. Um, and I think there'll be some, you know, there'll be some ups and downs, and, and uh, there's a lot of football to be played. And I, I, you know, there's nothing done yet. We're not even, you know, nowhere near Christmas yet. So, um, yeah, let's just see how it goes. You've got to take one game at a time, as they say, and um, and keep working hard, and, and and hopefully, you know, you get enough points to be in a, in a challenged position come January, February time. Was it you know, start of the season? Your aim's expectations to be to try and get promoted, to be in that top two as well. Is that your aim? And you think you can well, achieve that? Yeah, very much so. I mean, we've, we've pushed the boat out this season. Um, you know, we've not had, had the budgets in previous years this season. Uh, the budget is much improved. We've, we've been able to sign players that we've been chasing for a little while. Um, that doesn't always guarantee you things, as you know, the teams have found out in previous seasons. That uh, that's only gives you, gives you a chance. Um, and... I think that's been the key. We've, we've got some good players. They're starting to gel. It took a little bit. We had a bit of a slow start. It's starting to gel a little bit now. And, um, we, you know, we, we're in there with a shout. Again, back-to-back games now against Fisher, one in the Cup and one in the league. Where does the um, Kent Senior Trophy stand on your um, 
and your priorities, would you say? Well, I think it stands up there. I mean, we, you know, in this league, there's only the cups. Once, once you know, the, once you're out of the bars, you, you've got your own cups to play for, um, and it keeps the squad playing. I mean, you know, we have to keep. You, you can't win the league with 11 players. Um, we've got 16, 17, 18 players, and they need to play. So I think the cups are important for keeping the squad together and and keeping keeping minutes in the into players' legs. I'm one of these old school footballers. When you've scored 10 in a game, the next week you'd be worried you've used all your goals up. Is that a concern for you as well going into the next week? Well, it, it, to be honest, it's been coming a little bit. We, we got uh, six last week. We yeah. got five the week before. I think we've had a seven and, <laughs> and, a, and a four or five in yeah. the previous two. So I, I just thought the number of chances we have been creating, um, it was possible for us to do a low it's always ten. It's always very difficult to get ten in football mm. in any standard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was proud of what the lads achieved. But it's do you know what? I mean, other clubs have gone and, and won one nil. You know, you still only get three points. Um, so although it's nice and although it's it, it's good for um you know, it's three points and, and it's gone now, and we have to get on. You know, with the next game. I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is to to score ten at any level. It is unbelievable. I mean, even if even if Dover get through the next round of the FA Cup and go to play Manchester City at uh, the City of Manchester Stadium, it would still be impressive if City scored 10. Yeah, eight and a half at half-time. I think it was, there was two own goals in that, so it's comedy of errors. But I think Greenwich Bear have beat Canterbury the previous week, so Greenwich are not having the greatest season in the world, so clearly this is, they've had a bad day, but Sheffield United... Who do score goals? I think I said in that interview. He scored 37 goals in seven games, scoring for fun. Dan Bradshaw, who's an absolute machine for them, um, club legend, banging on the door. Yeah, putting 10 goals past any level of football, you cannot grumble with that. So, um, fair play to to, to and feel a bit for Greenwich. Who, Greenwich were in the um, Ithmian South East Division recently, haven't they? They've been well, relegated. Yeah. They've really had a, they had a bit of money, didn't they? And it's all gone a bit bit wrong for them there. But fair play to them, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic result. And Sheffield United uh, are a club. And I guess that it's quite nice that on the 100th episode because they're one who probably sum up a little bit about what this podcast has become because I wasn't too aware of them when, when, when we started doing the podcast. I knew they were there. Um, but they're a club that we've kind of got on well with. I've been over there a couple of times. And, you know, we've had people on the show from them several times. And you see what it means to the people over there to, to get behind them. And... Uh, you know, they're a great club, and he said he's not giving up hope. There's a long way to go in the season. I'd love it if Sheppard United could put a run together, get themselves promoted, and get into the Isthmian League. They get gates of three, 300 or so, don't they? Play attacking football. You know, the, the support when you saw them in their cup final job was, was first class. So, yeah, and when he, when he said about it, there's so many games to play. Cause when we look at the scaffold, because over the years we've done this, you think somebody really goes on a bit of a run, marches forward, uh, going points clear at the top of the table, you think the league's over, but we should know better than this. Beckham maybe you know a few points clear at the top, but this league can change so many times over the, the winter period and it, when it hits the, it's the, 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 the end part of the season. So, yep, good stuff for Sheppy. Sheppy, they'll be up there. If they can carry on scoring goals, they're going to outscore a lot of teams. So, I'm sure Andy's looking forward to it. It should be a, a Good end of the season. Well, as I said to him earlier, that the banner scored zero at the weekend. I'm a great believer. You use your goals up in one game. 
Yeah, and uh, obviously they've had a bit of a turnover of players so far this season, Sheppy. And I think that is one thing, isn't it? You've got to have a settled side uh, at, at this level. And I think when when they finally get there and do have a settled side, and, and looking at the goal scorers on Saturday, they spread the goals around as well, which was nice. But, you know, th- there's some names there that, that people will be familiar with. And obviously that they've got a bit of a draw. And, and we, you mentioned there the crowds they get. It's, it's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Oh, well, I've never been to Sheppey, but um, from that point of view, I think that there's, there's, there's some part of it when they're sort of on their island on themselves, they've got that ability to fight back a little bit more, and I think that's what the supporters do, and they want to get them higher up the league. And it's, again, probably, of all the clubs you mentioned there, John, we've been following this one, I never knew the passion there was for Sheppey United, and I'm sure the loyal supporters who went to that game won't forget when they told Turning up at half-time. Turning up full-time, 8-0 up at uh, half-time. Elsewhere in the scaffold, leaders and bounce back from their defeat to Corinthian by coming from behind to beat Hollands and Blair 2-1. Uh, Chatham beat Beersid 3-1. And there was a narrow 1-0 win at Fisher for third-place Corinthian. Punjab United with 3-0 victors at AFC Croydon. Canterbury lost 2-1 at Crowborough. Leib and Wellington shared the spoils with a 1-1 draw. And Irith and Belvedere beat Lordswood 2-1. While well, the match between Tunbridge Wells and Irith Town was postponed. In Division 1, it was Brighton Ropes 1, Stansfield 2. Holmesdale won 1-0 at Forest Hill Park. Greenways hit 6 past Kent Football United. And they were 1-0 down with 18 minutes to play. Kellington beat FC Elmstead 3-1. Lidtown lost 5-2 at home to Lewisham Borough with Ija Curry-Wilson scoring all five for the visitors. Ross United beat Meridian VP 1-0. SC Timson were 4-0 winners over Croydon. And Russell won 3-2 at Sutton Athletic. A bit of a mixed bag this weekend for our scaffold teams. Uh, in the Kent Senior Trophy, we've got Lordswood against K-Sports, Bearsted against West Wickham, Hollands and Blair against Beckenham Town, Fisher against Sheffield United, as we already heard, and Glebe against Greenways. And then in the Premier Division, there are also five games. Canterbury City against Irith and Belvedere, Chatham against Crowborough, Deal against Tunbridge Wells, Irith Town against Greenwich Borough, and Punjab United against Wellington. And one game in Division 1 as well on Saturday, Rochester United versus Snodland Town. Uh, got... I went past Glebe's ground on Saturday. I went past who's? Oh, did, yeah, I've been past there as well, yeah, on the way to Bromley, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, you sort of sort of down an alley. Because when you go past, there must, there's loads of fields there. I don't know if it's some sort of school they sort of play, but yeah, I thought, ah, oh, there's Glebe Town Football Club. Should have that one off the list. Own, mate, got some reaction. <laughs> Could have done, yeah. I think he's eight. I'll get lost very easily coming back, so um, I have to be careful. <laughs> My sense of direction is not very good. Well, just imagine if you were doing what I was doing today, uh, driving through Ancaster. Uh, and, you know, you'd be absolutely lost, mate, I tell you. <laughs> Anybody famous for Manchester? I'll have to look that up later. Yeah, that's another thing for you to look up. Um, right, it's Eastman League uh, next then, where folks have been to a 3-1 is at Enfield Town, but their chairman, Paul Morgan, uh, has this week issued a statement asking supporters to help the team continue their good form. Uh, the statement on the club's website says, you can all see what a great squad Neil has put together this season, which is reflected in our league position and the exciting football we play. But keeping a squad of this quality together particularly when we have a month like this one with not a single home game, drains our finances. Um, so he's basically asking people to become a friend of folks in Victor FC. Uh, you get your name in the programme and on a plaque, as was done several years ago, and all the donations will be used uh, only for the playing side of the football. Uh, and it adds, we do not waste a penny, and even our players help the club by using their own cars to travel to away games rather than coaches, and not one has asked for travel expenses. Uh, we only spend the bare minimum on administrations as all our officials give their time and skills for free. So, uh, folks in Victor are having a great season, but it just shows, Matt, if you haven't got the money coming through the gates, which is not their fault at all, it, it can be hard. 
Yeah, it seems to be folks and always have this same sort of issue um, season on season. If you go out of one of the cup competitions, which they did uh, recently, you don't have an FA Cup run, they they sort of struggle and have to ask the fans, which is a shame because we know, unlike some of the other sides in Kent, they haven't got a, a benefactor. So, but it shows what a good job year in, year out, Neil Cugley does, doesn't it, from that point of view, when he has to, maybe he's going to have to lose one of his players, but he works the squad together. I think they're going to be nailed on for the playoffs, at least in this division. So, yeah. And the crowds have got up, though, fair for folks. And they used to get, I mean, it's 300, but I think they're averaging nearly 500 this season. So, uh, folks that are, are a club that, is getting better support and hopefully they, they, they can, you know, get that extra bit of money and keep the squad because getting folks in the Conference South will be an unbelievable achievement. It would be and it just does, just, just goes to show how difficult it can be because, you know, they're still in the FA Trophy but get a couple of away draws there and then get a league fixture called off because of the FA Trophy and, and all of a sudden you end up having a month with no home games. Hopefully they'll make it up over Christmas uh, and get some good crowds. The winner Enfield kept in Victor second, a point behind leaders Horsham. Uh, Craig Wanderer is still in fourth place after Joe Taylor's double secured a 2-0 win at Brighton Region. Well, Margate got back on the horse with a 1-0 win at Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, Gate also play on Tuesday night and you'll hear the result of that one later on in the show this weekend. There's only one game involving our teams uh, in the Isthmian League Premier Division. That is when Margate host Potter's Bar. Uh, we're going to the South East Division then. And we promised last week a catch up with new Fabersham Town boss James Collins. And that is exactly what we have for you now. Uh, in podcast stat fans, you're about to know I spoke to James about 10 minutes ago uh, in the middle of recording uh, this 100th episode. Uh, the former Chatham Town boss enjoyed a 1 0 win in his first home game in charge on Saturday, beating Three Bridges. Uh, and, I, and I've literally, as I say, just spoken to him. So here he is, James Collins. Yeah, well, we obviously first game in the dugout on Tuesday and, and, and disappointingly conceded late on. And, um, yeah, look, you, you want to get your first win at a new club as quickly as you can. So, uh, really pleased with the you know, performance. We, we probably gradually got worse as the game went on. Um, but I think that was kind of like one training session. But uh, we were a little bit unlucky on Tuesday and, and maybe just a tad fortunate to score so late on. But, um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant to get a win. What's it like when you come into club? Say you only had one training session, but before the game sort of kicked in, how long will it take to to get your brand of football on the team? Uh, oh, I think it takes time. I think it takes six months. I think it take, can take up to a year. You you know, you, I'm inheriting someone else's players, um, so um, they've got. Um, They've got new ideas to take on and, and a, a new face, a new voice. Um, I think it, say, I think it takes time. I think the, the squad's a little bit light on numbers. So I think you know you, you're going to have a couple of players come in, and you know maybe a couple of players you know don't fancy you as a manager or, or want to move on for whatever reason. So I think it takes it. You know, I think it, I think you're always evolving, but yeah, I, I think it, it takes a good six months to really really start trying to put your stamp on things. And, and what was it about Faversham that appealed, obviously, a, a level up from where you were at, at Chatham, but a, a club that's got potential, I think? Yeah, well, I, I think I've spoken to you before. I've, I've always said that I've been ambitious. You know, I wanted to manage as high as, high as I could. I would have liked that to have been with Chatham. Um, it wasn't to be. And, and when I spoke to Faversham, it was kind of, you know, I was enjoying the break from it, if I was honest. It, it's, it's quite intense. It takes up a lot of your time. When I met the guys at Faversham, you know, they, you know, plans for the future, but just people that I, you know, would like to be around and spend time with. And like you said, it's it's a, it's a big club. It's got potential. Um, so it's just an exciting new challenge, and um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. And obviously, you brought in. Uh... <laughs> 
uh, you've brought an experienced coaching team alongside you as well. You've got uh, Nick Davis and Brad Sanderman, who obviously you know, and I think that, that kind of just adds to it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, well, well Brad, you know, was with me at Lordswood, and then, then he came to chat with Cray Valley and then Chatham, so I, I know Brad well. Nick's someone that I've actually known from primary school, and I think, um, while I think I'm, I'm confident in my ability of, of managing in this league, Nick's got that experience at this level that I don't have. Um, and I think Nick's done very well in his own right um, as a manager, certainly very well at sitting ball, and didn't quite work out he had hope at Ramsgate but that, that's certainly not down to, to him not being not being very good at what he does and, and in the week that we sort of spoke and he's he's as committed and he works as hard as me he knows his stuff so you know I think your management team you want people around you that you can trust but more importantly that you enjoy it with and um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the case We certainly saw at sitting board Nick like to bring young players through is that something you'd like to do at Faversham as well if you get the opportunity? Yeah, I think it's something that I've done at clubs I've been at as well. I mean, you know, it doesn't. I've never worried about age. I like, I like energy. You know, young players in the main usually have, you know, a bit more energy. Um, so yeah, it's certainly something that we'll look at. Um, you know, you know that sometimes it can be as much of a buzz to see the youngster progress through the ranks as, as what it can to be winning a trophy. So yeah, certainly something that we'll look at. But we, you know, we'll look at everything. We'll try and have a little bit of everything and. Um, and see where we go. So, so you said earlier on that there will be some changes in the squad and, and maybe some will go, some will come out. Have you got in your mind, you know, players that you want to bring in or, or is it just going to be, let's see how it goes? Well, I think managers always know, you know, I, I, I've got you know, a little black book every time you go and watch, watch a game. If anyone, anyone that I think looks like they've got something and, and can fit the style of play that, that I play, then, then I'd always run down. So I've got names, yeah. I think, you know, first and foremost, I think, it's, it's, you know, when a manager loses their job, it, it's, the players suffer a little bit. You know, they might feel a little bit relaxed and all of a sudden everything's up in the air. And, and, and I want to sort of say to the players, that, look, it's up to them whether they stay in the change room or not. Not me, really. If, if they can apply themselves and, and, and can buy into what we want to do and how we want to play, then... then they can stay and that's great but you know it, it, it probably would be a case of you know we've, we've bought probably bought we've bought three in already just to sort of bolster the squad um, but you know it'll probably be more a case now of one in one out so um, we'll, we'll see how we go over the next month but I think we've bought a couple of bodies in which just bolster the squad a little bit and just help help out the under 23s a little bit because I know a lot of their players have been you know getting minutes which again is great but they probably just need a, just, we probably just need a few more numbers in terms of the squad and you go to Hayward Heath on Saturday they're always a dangerous side and it's going to be a tough game yeah we've got Ashford tonight actually in, in the Velocity Cup so it's, um, it, it's a bit of a shame really because you'd like to get two training sessions in but um yeah, you know, I'm learning at this level, it's all new grounds, new clubs for me, so that we'll, we'll probably case at the moment, you know, I always like to know what our people do, we've had, got a, we've had them watch, we've got a report, we do things properly, but at this moment in time, it's, it's probably not worrying too much about who we're playing and trying to implement what we want to do, um, so we'll just go and keep trying to work on us and, and, and hopefully we can come back with three points. And what's the aim for this season, just to get away from the bottom of the table and consolidate, I guess? Oh, I don't know really. I mean, I'm ambitious. Every club I've been at, I said I wanted to win the win, win the league. You know, I don't want to be looking over my shoulder. I, I, you know, I, we're 11 points off Cray Valley, or 12, 12 points off East Grimsby to the bottom. So, you know, why why not look up uh, uh, into the lifted down? I'm, I'm firm believe if you, if you look up, 
you know, you might get in and around them players. If you say you want to stay up, you probably will be scrapping and that'll be the mentality. So certainly no, not for me. It's not it's not really been spoken about by the board or anything. You, you know, we we obviously don't want to go down and, 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 and no one does, so yeah, of course we want to stay up but you know, I I want to win every game and Lots of good things in that interview, which obviously you haven't heard. Um, but there's a couple of little stand-up nuggets. The first one, he said, on in Saturday's game against Three Bridges, which they won uh, 1-0, um, they got worse as the game went on, which I thought was quite entertaining. Yeah, um, we mentioned with Faversham, when Ray Turner was there, they had a sort of a solid side players who'd been there for a while. James Collins has taken over from the, the Phil Miles and Danny Chapman, who've went down maybe a, a youth route looking for players on loan from maybe the likes of Jules, etc., to, to bring players through. So James Collins, who's done his time, I presume, in the scaffold, now he moves up to a different level, good result against three bridges. Let's see how what he can achieve. Faversham. Are they at their natural level? Maybe they are, but maybe James is pretty confident. I see you've got Nick Davis there as his assistant, who does know his level as well, managed at City Ball, manager at Ramsgate. So plenty of experience there, who knows his level um, in Nick. So it will be interesting to see how they go, Faversham. And will there be a turnaround of players? I presume there probably will be, but um, he's working his way up the, uh, the pyramid and good luck to him. And it's a decent job and a decent club. Yeah, the, the listeners will have already heard uh, James talking about Nick Davis there and, and saying that uh, he's known, they've actually known each other since primary school, believe it or not, those two. Um, but also that James admits, you know, he, he's not managed this level before and, and Nick has. Um, so it is a bit of a, a sort of sounding board for him and, and good to have him in alongside him. So I think that, you know, that's a really good management team with Brad Sanderman as well, who's obviously been at Chatham uh, with James and Lordswood as well before that and Cray Valley. Uh, it's it's a solid, experienced management team. And, and Faversham, you might say, look at it and say they're at their natural level uh, at the moment in, in this league where they are. But then teams who've been at that level for a long time do move up the pyramid. You look at the likes of Bowers and Pitsy and... and Horsham, who to me have always been a team at that level or below even, and now they're top of the Eastman League Premier Division. So I don't see any reason why, if Faversham build the right sort of team, uh, James Collins gets the time to build his squad the way he wants it, I don't see any reason why they couldn't uh, go, go up through the league. Well, uh, why not? I think they did decent, well, decent enough crowd, good, good hardcore support of a couple of hundred there, working through it. Uh, maybe I think James will hopefully that Faversham maybe are not a club that maybe with Chatham he, somebody came over the top of him and he sort of undermined him a little bit I don't think Faversham are probably like one of those clubs who do that they'll give him his chance there you go there's the keys to this club see what you can do and build and I think the way he fought Nick Davis in which I admire that because it's very easy Nick Davis is probably looking in thinking maybe other jobs are around for me, but he's gone in there working together. Maybe the pressure off Nick Davis, because a couple of years ago he did a really good job at Sittingbourne, then he lost his job. Didn't really work out for Sittingbourne at Ramsgate this season with him. So, um, yeah, I think exciting times for Faversham, and uh, hopefully a good start, and long that, may that continue. Yeah, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, Sittingbourne drew 1-1 at Chichester. Uh, Cray Valley and PM shared Cray Valley PM and Hyde shared the same score. Seven Oaks Town lost one 0 at Guernsey. Phoenix Sports went down three one at Hastings. Ramsgate were beaten two one at Haywards Heath. It was two all between Herne Bay and Ashford. BCD beat Burgess Hill four 0 and Whitswell lost three 0 at Whitehawk. Uh, this Saturday, Ashford are at home to Whitehawk. Cray Valley host Guernsey at two o'clock kickoff. As we've already heard, Faversham go to Haywards Heath. It's Phoenix Sports against Chichester, Seven Oaks against Ramsgate, Sittingbourne against VCD Athletic, Three Bridges against Hyde and Whitswell against Whiteleaf. 
And then on Tuesday night, Ashford take on Ramsgate. It's Phoenix Sports against Hayward Heath and Chichester against Hearn Bay. Um, we will move on then to the National League. A uh, couple of exciting comebacks in the top flight of the National League. Uh, you were at Bromley on Saturday, Matt. 3-0 down at half-time and they fought back to get a point. And, and I know the first question you asked to Neil Smith was... Is that a point gained or, or, or two dropped? And I suppose you would look at it and, and you can see both angles. Yeah, 3-1 three, three, at half-time because they just got one ball before half-time which changed the um, basically the complex, of the, the complex of the game from that point of view. Harrogate started pretty well. Bromley gave away a couple of sloppy goals. But Harrogate were a complete control. But that goal just before half-time sort of really changed the complexion of the game and Bromley absolutely battered them in the second half. And early reward from Chris Bush who got a double in that game. Um, and really with the 20 minutes to go I think 69 minutes they got the uh, the third goal I thought there's only one team going to win it and arguably they came close numerous times Bromley it's the first time I've seen Bromley this season um, very very strong very direct very excellent on a set piece Frankie Raymond can can win can whip a ball in left footed inside the penalty area and when you've got the blokes of Bush Holland people like that Michael Cheek in the penalty area you can see why Bromley are doing quite well very strong very physical side um, and don't know when they're beaten um, they could have easily caved in up 3-0 down when you think to, tonight you, you'll tell the score later when they play the um, the replay against Bristol Rovers they could have said alright we'll just we'll just carry on and we'll forget about this league game and concentrate on that but they didn't they came back into the game um, yeah strong physical outfit reminded me a bit of Dover back in the day where you've you know you play to your strengths because that's what they did you know they must numerous free kicks around the penalty area and eventually Harrogate just couldn't cope with them and Harrogate are a decent side in this division but probably showed they're now from being in this division over a few years and I think Neil Smith's known that as well I think Neil Smith's kind of game tonight as well I think I read somewhere on some stats so good luck to him there but yeah probably, probably up there for a reason and you could see why strong organised physical outfit and Harrogate couldn't cope with it it's interesting you say that they are strong and, and direct and, and physical. That, that's a bit of a change from Neil Smith and, and how he's had his team before, isn't it? And, and they've got some good players there like Coulson, Mecky, Josh Reese. They don't really fit in with that direct style of play, but it seems that they're just using everything to their advantage. Well, I, I say direct. You play direct until you get to the final third. You know, you hit the front to back pretty quick, but then you've got the likes of Mecca, you've got Coulson who came on a sub, who can then cause problems. And with Raymond, his delivery is top, top draw. You know, I'm critical of set pieces, particularly Dover's, because sometimes they're very hit and miss. But every time Frankie Raymond whipped a corner in or won a free kick, he was putting it on the spot, close to the goalkeeper in no man's land from that point of view. So they couldn't cope with it. So, again... When Dover was successful, going back to Dover, I don't mean to do it with the likes of Miller and Payne. They played direct, but in the final third, that's when they played the football because you got pace to get round the back and the players to pick them off. So very similar to that. So that's what I say, direct in the final third because get out to cheek, he can knock it down and you've got players who can mill around and cause problems from that. Elsewhere in the National League on Saturday, there was another comeback uh, at Stonebridge Road. Revs United were 2-0 down to Hartlepool and down to 10 men. Uh, but they fought back to, to get a point. And Miles Weston has said that the teams above should be a bit nervous looking over their shoulders. They're only three points now away from the safety zone. And they're definitely moving in the right direction under Kevin Watson. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't think earlier in the season, 2-0 down, 10 men, 20 minutes to go, you couldn't see Epsley coming back into it. So clearly they're working for Kevin Watson there. He's getting the extra bit from the players. Miles Weston, he was very uh, praising of him after the game. Very experienced player. Um, got the first goal and I think he credited with the second when he whipped the ball in. Um, scoring goals doesn't seem to be a problem for Epsley. Conceded them is a little bit. Um, that will be a concern. But they're going in the right direction. I think they're quite lucky that you look at the National League, it's a crazy division there. So many little points between the top 15 or 16 that nobody's sort of made a breakaway. So quite a tight league. Like Epsley can, you know, they're not a long way out of it. So they, they can look look up rather than down. And if they can keep, keep, keep up the good form, they're unbeaten under Kevin Watson in the league. I think they might well be. But they need to turn some of the, particularly the home games into, into wins rather than draws. But yeah, they're going in the right direction. Just going to stop trying to concede silly goals. Yeah, a massive JCB just went past during that. So if anyone heard a funny noise, uh, that's what that was. Uh, the other team on, in the National League, of course, are Matt's beloved Dover Athletic on the TV on Saturday. And Scott Doe took his goal absolutely brilliantly. Superb touch, deft finish, beat the offside trap. 1-0 Dover, jobs are good. And uh, that's an impressive result down at a Yeovil side who could have gone top. Yeah, um, very good. Kept the clean sheet, Scott Doe. Um, it was a good finish. And again, Effiong, you know, I'm a big fan, but he, he went through it one on one with the goalkeeper. And looking at that, if any player's going to go through one on one with the goalkeeper in a Davis shirt, he went to Scott Doe because that was a, a very calm finish. I think he looked so surprised himself in the celebration where he didn't know what to do from there. But yeah, I think the, the second half performance um, merited Dover um, winning the game. Had a couple of chances to kill it off, they didn't, but a clean sheet. And uh, the big Turkish goalkeeeper's doing well as well, take, keeping Lee Walker out the side. And I think that's three clean sheets in five, and he's only been beaten by an absolute worldie by Stockport uh, and, and a goal by Eastie from a set piece. So, yep, yeah, going in the right direction. There was doom and gloom at Dover, wasn't there, a few weeks ago when they couldn't win at home? And you think now, I think they're six points off the top. If they'd um, won two of those home games, they would be joined top of the table, which shows how tight this division is. But a couple of big games coming up now with um, uh, like two home games on the spin before the FA Cup. You said there's doom and gloom. You're the only person I know uh, <laughs> over, and you're either high as a kite or crawling on your knees. And and you know you certainly don't take the never too high when we win, never too low when we lose uh, ethos of, of your of your good friend and mentor Chris Kinnear. Yeah, I've got that tattooed on my body somewhere, John. So I need to look at that a little bit more. You never too high, never too low. Yeah, you do. You remember that Saturday, uh, Dover at home to Solihull, Stockport against Ebbsfleet and Sutton against Bromley. There's also a full program of fixtures in the National League on Tuesday night, and I know Dover are playing Maidenhead. And I do not know who the other two are playing because I forgot to write down this morning when I was writing the script in my budget hotel room uh, on the, at the motorway services uh, in the National League. How budget is budget? Uh, well, I paid more than I'd pay to stay in a single room at my own B and B. Oh well, there you go, mate. If you thought talking about Airbnb was on changing the subject a bit, have you ever done an Airbnb? Because apparently they're sponsoring the Olympics now, and they're worth like trillion billion pounds this company I think I can be on them but um, I've never stayed at one yeah, well, yeah I don't know how that works you just sort of rock up knock on the internet and, and, knock and basically door. knock on my door and say there's a spare room get on with it I'm going to try it at the, uh, at the old pub in Ancaster in a minute mate I tell you <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody else used Airbnb is it any good because um, with the golf coming up here of course in, can I rent my house out on Airbnb you probably could but all I will say is uh, if you're looking to stay uh, in a bed and breakfast, uh, particularly a small one, uh, a guest house, maybe six bedrooms. Perhaps uh, I know a nice one in Eastbourne. Never, ever, ever use a booking site. Always go direct. 
to the hotel uh, itself. Uh, please, I'm begging you, please. Um, so you, did, well, you, did, uh, you didn't even have breakfast in this place, I hear. No, I didn't. No, because it was another tenner on top of the of the money I'd already paid, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get on the road. And, uh, and I, I, I had to get somewhere to speak to you, and, and it turned out picturesque visit of Ancaster uh, is is the place. Uh, National League South, quickly, just to finish off, we talked actually quite a lot about that on the radio show on Monday night, um, so we'll just run through it very quickly. Um, Dartford came back from 2-0 down to earn a point in their game against Maidstone, late goal from Darren McQueen. Uh, Welling had a brilliant result, a 6-2 win at home to Braintree. Interestingly, Braintree's dear rivals, Chelmsford City, also lost 6-2 on Saturday. That can't have happened very often uh, in those clubs' histories. Uh, and Tom Jane was off the bottom after a 2-1 win uh, over St Albans City. Ben Greenhall getting the first goal uh, after arriving on a month's loan uh, from them. Uh, FA Trophy for those teams on Saturday. Uh, Maidstone against Dartford again, funnily enough. Uh, Welling against St Albans and Angels against Bognor Regis. Uh, I think we might get three Kent teams through there, Matt. Although Bognor Regis, uh, as we know, are in a really good run of form. So Tom Angels... Will the FA Trophy be a priority for them at the moment? Um, to carry on their decent form against Bognor. Somebody basically I ripped it into Bognor last week after they topped Margate 6-1 and clearly they, I hadn't done my homework because they'd won 7 on the spin so I apologise to the Bognor fan who mentioned that and there. Um, well, I think it's just getting the habit of winning football matches. I'm sure Tunbridge would love to play the likes of Epsley, the likes of Dover, the likes of Bromley in the next round to, to pit themselves against it. So I don't know how much the, the, the big boys, so-called big boys, come in the next round. I don't know how much money you get for that for this round. But we've seen it before. Conference South sides have gone quite um, uh, long and deep into this competition. So we can't see why not. Why Tunbridge uh, can't have a run in it. So Monday is the draw when all the big boys come in. Well, the big boys, AFC filed. Dover Athletic. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. You could not county. There you go. Right, yeah, the big right, boys. Yeah. They must be delighted for that. Not that we're going to be playing on our Kent sides because it will be um, regionalised. But yeah, the, yeah, I sounded like Sky Sports there. Yeah, the big boys are coming in in the FA Trophy. So, but again, if, if Dover were at Wembley, I'd be running around very happy if they got to Wembley in the FA Trophy. Getting knocked out of the first round couldn't give a monkey. So, um, go again, show you never too high, never too low. Statement there. Oh, just a quick update for me on Tuesday night's games. Obviously, Bromley beaten in the FA Cup by Bristol Rovers. An early goal for the League One side, securing them uh, the victory that takes them through to a tie with Plymouth Argyle. Disappointing, of course, for Bromley and Neil Smith, but they'll definitely bounce back, I'm sure. Uh, in the Isthmian League Premier Division, there was one game on Tuesday night. Margate against Bishop Stortford Gate were 2-0 down. They were 3-1 down. They fought back to 3-3. Uh, but the excellently quaffered Matt's words, not mine, Jamie Curiton struck a 90th-minute winner to give Bishop Stortford the points and four more goals conceded at Hartsdown Park for Margate, which is uh, not what the doctor ordered for them. Uh, I did also look up the, the fixtures on Tuesday night uh, next week in the National League, which was very remiss of me not to do that in the first place. And... Uh, it's Barnet against Ebbsfleet on Tuesday night and Woking against Bromley. And the final point to note, of course, from Tuesday night's fixtures is that Peterborough will be the destination for Matt's beloved Dover in the FA Cup. That title will be played on Saturday, November the 30th. Right, on with the show. That, then, is it for the football. Uh, but it's time now for, for us to reflect. Do you want me to tell you how many... Matt looked up yep. and found out how many people in the UK... In the United Kingdom, yeah. Are 100 years or older? Hit me. I've got, I've got problems in my eyes, but I think it says 18,780 in 2013 were 100, which must mean 
there's probably not somebody too far away from me who is 100 then, really, on yeah. that basis. Well, I mean, that's yeah, your so homework for next week. Find someone in your locale who is 100. Have we got somebody who's 100 who's actually listening to the pod? That would be amazing. And they could say, hi, I'm Fred, because that might be an old name. I'm 100, and I've listened to the 100 that would be Kenton on League podcast. That would be like a car sticker, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, if you are 100, or you know somebody who's 100, who listens to the pod, if you can say, hi, I'm, insert name here, 100, and I've listened to the 100th episode of the Kenton League pod, I will buy you something. I, I don't know. I would say as well, given that those statistics were, what, six years ago, uh, I'd say yeah. that number's probably risen since then. So I'd say you're looking at at least 20,000 people uh, in the UK aged over uh, 100. And put that in perspective for you, that's around 20 times the amount of people who will go to watch Dover uh, mostly. Uh, <laughs> it's time. Yeah, if, you do, if you do give that, I'll give you maximum respect and we'll give you a shout out or do something for you on that basis. Uh, time for us then to reflect a little bit on our 100th episode. First of all, I want to say a huge thank you first to foremost to everybody who's listened uh, and every single guest we've had on the show by my reckoning which i scrawled on a scrap of paper we've had 41 different clubs been interviewed on the show over the past 100 episodes countless different voices thank you every single one of you we really really appreciate it but for me of course the biggest thank you goes to the man on the other end of the line matt this show would be nothing without you so thank you for giving up your lunch times no, I appreciate that. There's nothing without you, John, because all I do is talk to the phone. You've got to edit through my um, expletives halfway every week and also other things that we really could not say on the uh, Kent Non-League pod. And there is stuff that we said that would get me legally shot and shot by my wife as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, the wife one. I did mention it to you last night. I said, uh, I'll put that one in this week. Um, have you got any highlights that, that you can think of, That things that have... Um... You know, I mean, there was obviously the episode in Weatherspoons where we decreed we were both going to go to hell that time. Uh, yeah. What, what have been your, your highlights of the past 100 episodes? Um, it's all a highlight. It's, it's a highlight normally on a Wednesday from 1 till 2. It's a highlight of my day, but it's good to talk to you. It's good to know that there's passion out there for Kent non-league football, which is... You know, it's just not just us who love the game, and it's passion in the in the county of Kent. People don't say that Kent's not a hotbed of football. Well, clearly, we know who they are. We've been lucky to see you know, a couple of our sides get to Wembley over since we've been doing this. Um, and yes, yeah, so it's been a, an absolute barrel laugh from beginning, to, well, from episode one to episode one hundred. And here's to the next. I don't know how many episodes we can do next, yeah, really, John. What happens, if, what happens if what happens if Ebsley and Dover are brought well, I can't two over the next three seasons we've got four Kent football league clubs. Could happen, but still do the scaffold, don't we? Yeah, we love the scaffold's got a sponsor as well. They have we C Pioneer. That. C Pioneer, yeah. Yep, well, welcome to the they didn't your offer of uh, of a sponsorship deal never came off, did it? We no. wanted we offered to sponsor the scaffold. Yeah. We did have talks though, didn't we? We did, I've, we have had very, very, very short negotiations <laughs> with somebody about sponsoring it, and it didn't go any further. So, yeah, it could have been the Kent Non-League Podcast Premier Division, but unfortunately it's not. So. Yeah, we were probably closest to it being the Kent Non-League Podcast Challenge Cup. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, but we were, yes, our marketing people spoke to their marketing people, and uh, it didn't last very long. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my highlight, I suppose, has been chatting to a lot of clubs that you know i wasn't aware of and and you know i i think i've built up quite good relationships with a lot of uh, lower league managers and certainly a couple of people who will text me when their teams are going well and and you know uh, people that 
get, getting on with those people. And that's been a, the real treat for me as, as being building relationships with clubs that we would that normally don't get a lot of publicity. And that's a big thing for me. That's why I came up with the idea of doing this to give clubs in Kent the, the publicity that, that has been missing uh, from other places. But I suppose in terms of uh, actual highlights of the podcast, who can forget, Matt, the moment when we were recording the podcast in the car, just like we are now, and that bloke hit my wing mirror. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, we used to do, yeah, used to do it at your lunch break and with various sort of um, things. I think people have been swearing at you and stopping you and all sorts. Yeah, something, you, know, you don't get that at Peter Crouch's podcast when he's all around a pub in some posh place in London. This is the deep, dirty football podcast, right back to the elements. Not many people have said they recorded a, a podcast in Ancaster, and I haven't found anybody famous who's come from Ancaster, so arguably you're probably the most famous person ever turned up, because not many other people have had 100 podcasts in their back pocket. I presume, I presume some of them, we've been on, well, well, each episode we've been on, you've been on every single one, and I have in some way or another, regarding holidays and stuff, so yeah, we've done everything, yeah. yeah. Well, could, could we bring in another presenter, John? Uh, Could that work? Well, I don't know because it have to be group chats and calling. Oh, right, yeah. Ruin our mojo, mate. We've got. We, well, I think we're just getting there with our double act, so we should probably keep. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't want to bring in. Um, yeah, somebody else to to ruin it. And you, you might find they're clearly better than I have and have more knowledge, particularly about Bob Norridges. Well, exactly. Uh, talking of that, actually, we did ask for messages uh, for people to send in. I'm delighted to say that two loyal fans actually sent in some audio clips. So here are those two fans. Hello, John and Matt. Just wanted to wish you congratulations on your 100th episode. I would have loved to have you around in the front room to record the show, but the missus weren't too keen in the idea, so I guess I've got another 100 episodes to convince her, right? We'll see. Uh, I'll be lying to say if I listen to every episode, I found the show probably about halfway through the first season. I've not missed one since. However, I did have to download the first episode to find out who Devon Bostick was. So keep up the good work, and here's to another 100 episodes. Hello Matt and John, love the pod, probably been listening for about uh, two seasons now where my friend Adam who's a massive Folkestone fan got me into listening, I even voted you in my top five uh, pods very recently and even above the slightly bigger pod that is the uh, KM podcast, only because you're slightly more regular than they are and you also chat a lot of waffle before the show starts which they most certainly don't do. Enjoy the show, enjoy listening to the interviews, It's, uh, it's always a good listen. Uh, and any relevant stuff as well that you do at the beginning. Probably been into non-league football now about uh, nine years. Been going since regular since 2011, and it's a great pod. Always, uh, always worth a listen. Uh, weekend before football gets you ready to go and watch a football match. And uh, just to clear up that uh, Bognar are certainly are pulling up trees this season. They've won. Uh, their last seven in a row, they've won uh, eight out of the last nine, and they've got some of the best uh, forward line in the division, so they are certainly are pulling up trees, and that wasn't quite such a freak result against Margate in midweek. Anyway, cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Love listening, and uh, congratulations on your 100th show. Thank you. And we also had a load of tweets as well, so thanks in no particular order to Mickey Collins, Steve King, Richard Stiles, Michael Golding, Joe Vines, and Simon Kidby for those messages. It really has been a pleasure. Uh, we also had a message on Twitter from a Dartford fan who said, congratulations on your 100th episode. I always look forward to them as they make one work journey a week enjoyable. Your labour of love keeps us up to date with other steps in Kenton on league scene. Offer a couple of beers now for the Darts Maidstone game. I'll raise a glass to the next 100. Up the Darts and up the Kenton non-league podcast. And just this morning... Most of it, John. 
Get a bit emotional with that, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? Just this morning, I received a message from friend of the show, Tom Bird, uh, who oh, got God, touch with a heartfelt message. He says, congratulations to Kent's very own James Corden and Alan Carr on their 100th episode. <laughs> I love the start and end of your shows. The middle can be quite dull when it's not about Dover, but I thoroughly enjoy listening, and well done to Matt for getting his first 100 in anything. That, that, that's true. Harsh, as he did score well, we've been through his cricket conversation. I'm never going to let him hear that again. But no, it's very nice. And then all those people say it's quite nice that you know it, we haven't we haven't done this for the um, uh, for the plaudits. We did it for because we wanted to talk about football, and, and it really does appreciate that a lot of people uh, listen to this. And um, yeah, really appreciate it. And if you ever see me at a game, ninety-nine percent of the time at a Dover game, please come up, shake my right hand, and you know, say hello because it will be great to meet you. Yeah, likewise, if you ever hear that I'm at a game, as the Dartford fan actually did the other week, do come and, and say hello. We'd always love to, to have a chat with you about about the show. And, you know, as we always say, uh, you can get in touch with us on social media at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. Um, do send us anything that you think we should be talking about. Um, we, we always love to hear from you. Um, it does mean a lot to us to know that people do listen and care enough to, to interact. We're on Facebook as well, at Kent Non-League. Um, radio show... We did it last night. Uh, we had a, a cheerleader on, and uh, very interesting, actually. Uh, probably enjoyed it a little bit more than we thought we would, but she was a, she was a great guest. Uh, we haven't quite sorted out next Monday's show, but BBC Ready Kent, 9 o'clock. Uh, myself and Matt Gerald will be on the air. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matthew's retweet service is at Matthew underscore <laughs> Gerard. Um, and again, uh, that is our 100th episode. It's, it's nearly done. Uh, thank you so much to every single person who has listened to the podcast. And also, I should have said earlier on, but a huge thank you to uh, the long-suffering Hayley, uh, who has lived with me for nearly 10 years now. Uh, and she... Yes, she doesn't always... Uh, I wouldn't say she's the Kent Non League podcast biggest fan, shall we say? Um, but she does allow me the time to uh, do bits and pieces. And uh, I have left her in the lurch a couple of times for the podcast. And... Uh, I do appreciate her more than she realises and sorry for being such a pain uh, all the time. But thank you uh, to her. And of course, again, thanks to Matt. But thank you most of all to every single person who's listened to the podcast over the past 100 episodes. And we will see you next week for the start of the second 100, episode 101 next week. Much love and respect to all our listeners. Up the pod, up the pod, up the pod.